Georgia. 393 days of frustration. And on the 900-394th day of NHL existence, the Carolina Hurricanes have won the Stanley Cup. Welcome to Home Ice Advantage. With historical perspectives, modern-day deep dives, special guests, and a healthy mix of good, bad, and or hot takes, this is the best place for you to learn about your Carolina home games. I just want to say thank you, and I'm looking forward to this challenge. It's an honor, and I think we're going to do great things. There was a ton of different ways I could take this week's episode, but not without force talking about the heartbreaking news, really. And when I say heartbreaking, I mean like it actually was heartbreaking to me. That Andrei Svechnikov tore his right Achilles, I'm sorry, that's Patches, right ACL against the Vegas Golden Knight. And the first thing off the bat, I want to show you when it happened. Sorry if you're the audio version of the podcast. It is what it is. Now we learned this afternoon that he will have to undergo reconstructive surgery on his right ACL. He will be out for the rest of the season, will not have any chance to return this postseason either. So it's a really tough blow for this group. That is the actual clip of where Svechenkov was injured. There was a ton of like random images going around from when he got the cut. There was an image from like two years ago going around. That's what happened. It was just unlucky, fluky, got caught in a rut, almost exactly like the before mentioned patches, but what are you gonna do? You roll with the punches. After the initial diagnosis and then a secondary opinion, Svechkov had his surgery early Thursday morning. It's now after Thursday, obviously, and everything is well. Svechkov is happy, healthy, and now he starts his recovery process. And normally, I personally would never speculate on the injury. The recovery, different story. So, Svechnikov is incredibly lucky that this happened as a professional athlete, okay? Like, it, it's terrible it happened, but he's incredibly lucky that he was an NHL player when it happened because he'll have the absolute best medical treatment possible. And honestly, I, I wouldn't be half surprised if Dundon was, like, there every other day, like, hey, hey, Andre, how you doing? You doing okay? Everything all right? You need any cookies? Soda? What are you into? I got it. Just let me know. I got you. But not being my point, the recovery timeline for a professional athlete can be anywhere from four to eight to nine months. So we could see Sveshnikov back as preseason begins next year, or maybe a little further into October, into November. We'll find out. Honestly, right now, all we can do is hope that he heals up okay, because he became one of the 200,000 people this year who will suffer a torn ACL, and it's just heartbreaking for the guy. The story came out of right after his diagnosis, he turns the Don Waddell just kept saying sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, Svetch, no one expects you to say sorry, this is a fluke, no one is mad at you. It does change things though going forward. So I, I talked about him maybe coming back for pre-seasons or into November of next year, and yeah, he won't be here for the postseason, guys. So, already being down patches, now you're down Svechnikov as well. And I'm not going to say that the team is going to lose. There was still a possibility that they could win the Stanley Cup. Is it harder without Svechnikov? Absolutely. But in no way was this team built around 
one single player. It's just not how it was. It's funny because the Hurricanes hadn't lost a game with a star player out, whether it was Ajo or Slavin or earlier in the year. And it wasn't until Sveshnikov left the lineup that they finally lost a game without one of their stars. It's not impossible for this team to win without him. It just becomes harder. Now it becomes more about riding the roller coaster and seeing what happens through every round, every game, every period, than being the juggernaut that needed to be taken down. It is what it is. Sports are like this. Nothing should be taken for granted. And we move on. So, Andre was moved to LTIR because, of course, and I saw a couple people like, but why? Like, really, why? Is this just like a paper move? Like, why would you do this? And no, uh, of course it's not a paper move. It all frees up all of his cap hit, which, you know, stupid amount of money. They won't be able to use it all. Fair point. But they can now call up whoever they want from Chicago. Like, literally, if they wanted to call up everyone from Chicago, they could. And they would have the cap money to do so. And then they immediately called up Svechnikov. I'm sorry, not Svechnikov. Jack Drury. And I saw a ton of people that were like, well, Drury is only here because Svech got injured. Which is, it's a half-truth at best. He was called up in that exact moment because Svechnikov couldn't play. But this had always been the plan, according to Tom, Tom Dunnan, according to Don Waddell. They were always looking to make space for him and have him come up this month, spend some time with the boys, and then spend time with the team through the postseason. You know, now you have an unlimited roster. So you, as long as you have the cap space, you, know, you could have 30 guys right now, uh, you know, if you have the cap space. So the guys that you see right now are staying here. You know, we're, we're going to have a plan in place to get Jack Drury some games here coming up. Um, but, uh, other than that, you know, we'll just, uh, you know, hopefully, like I said, if we need some guys to take a rest here and there and we need to bring other guys up, we'll have the cap space to be able to do that. Once coach Chekhov had to come up to Raleigh after Ronta got injured, Chicago's chances of being in the postseason evaporated. So that whole thing I did last week where we got to talk about the Chicago Wolves, that's worthless now. They're not going to make a postseason run because they don't have the talent to. First of all, we took Coach Chekhov, now we took Drury, and then once the postseason starts, so even if they did somehow sneak in, but they won't. But even if they did, guarantee you we take a couple more guys. Just to have a couple more guys sitting around, just in case, because you never know. And happier news, the final numbers for the stadium series are in, and there's a couple of big highlights that a lot of people are talking about. The tickets sold out faster than any other stadium series game in the history of the league. Cool. Whatever. 1.5 million continuous viewers made it the second most watched game this season. That's all cool. I don't particularly want to focus on that. I want to focus on the economic impact. For the total weekend, $20.1 million. Just for the game itself, $13.6 million. Now, I will admit before we dive into this that the numbers are a little manipulated. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like, the Hurricanes made sure they could jam as much into this weekend as possible. The Fan Fest, Hootie, uh, the, the Frozen Four didn't really have anything to do with it, but that was a thing. The Hall of Fame game, and then the UNC-NC State game as well that weekend. So, did all of it have to do with the stadium game? No. I'm sure there's a ton of people that went to Hootie that had nothing to do with the stadium series game. And a ton of the people who went to NC State for UNC had nothing to do with it either. But I want to take you back to that conversation I had with Dan LaTorica. Now, you remember that thing that got caught in my head where it's the team's responsibility to help its local community? 
I mean, we're, we can only be as successful as, as our community and our fan base uh, and whether the local businesses, larger businesses, um, this team has uh, has a responsibility, I believe, um, you know, to the community to, to help unify and, and support any way that it can. And yeah, it serves as a source of entertainment. And yes, we profit quite a bit from retail sales and ticket sales and all that. But when the opportunities arise to where you know, we can create events that, that do positively impact uh, tourism dollars or anything else, we our goal should always be to maximize that in any way possible. And that's one of the, the big reasons why we've opted to extend this event as as, uh, as much as we have, um, because we, we do, you know, we the, the Hurricanes are committed to, to Raleigh and North Carolina and, and the Carolinas as a whole um, in every shape and form. So um, we want to build the relationships the right way and show that we care about this region and we care about the fan base and we want to do what we can to, to generate uh, as much value. And that's why something like a fan fest in downtown Raleigh is, is good for all parties. It, it drives not only revenue for uh, for many different vendors, but also it drives awareness and and more um, cohesion and, and a deeper relationship with with between the brand and, and the community and the fans. So it uh, they, it's like the old saying: a rising tide lifts all ships. No different here. Um, and if we can help really raise that that water level a little bit, uh, we understand that we're hopefully helping the other uh, community partners in, in the region. So uh, we're definitely excited about the impact it can have, and, and we hope that that uh, will in turn create more opportunities to invest more in, in, uh, in our local community. And-, and that's what they did. Mission accomplished, right? $20.1 million in economic impact. And I know what a ton of people are thinking. Well, I'm sure it really helped out Tom Dundon. Nope. Well, I'm sure the you know county doesn't get a large percentage of that. Well, kind of. So Tom Dundon made a very, 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 very incredibly small percentage off the Stadium Series game. For the people who are in the building, you will realize that like none of your normal Hurricanes merchandise food was available. If you try to go to the eye the day of the Stadium Series game, you couldn't. It was closed. You couldn't get Storm Brew. You couldn't get barbecue nachos inside of Carter Finley. And that's because the NHL came in and ran everything. The Carolina Hurricanes got their piece for a sold-out building, and they were told, sayonara, we got it from here, and the league took care of the rest. So Tom Dundon and the Carolina Hurricanes got a microscopic amount of money from this event that you think they did. But Wake County, the city of Raleigh, the state of North Carolina, they got a ton of money because taxes are taxes. And every single time someone taps their card inside of Carter Finley Stadium, the county, the city, and the state got a piece of it. From the offset, this will be the last time I talk about this, at least for this season. Maybe not never again, but never again this season. Why are you a hockey fan? Okay? This is just hear me out on this one. Why are you a hockey fan? Is it because you wanna win every single game and oh my god, every time something goes bad, it's gonna be a disaster and you just wanna live in that misery in your heart? Or hockey's fun. Hockey's Cool to watch. Oh, look at that nice play. Sveshnikov just scored a lacrosse goal. Oh my god. Oh my, Connor McDavid just ran through five people. Like, it's it's the enjoyment of the game for me. Okay? I don't know about you personally, but for me, it's the enjoyment of the game. And I don't understand how people can jump so quickly to being negative over their favorite team. Last night's game in Toronto... It's a fairly good example. 
Toronto goes up to a 2-0 lead. It definitely was predicting something. I'm not going to say it wasn't. But the amount of people who, well, this game's over, let's turn it off. Halfway through the first period? More than a few of you guys were raised in homes that didn't say, there's a lot of hockey left. And it shows. You can't give up on a game that easily. You can't give up on a season that easily. There's a lot of hockey left. And ultimately, and this is where it really comes in the matter and why I want to talk about it. Let's go into the playoffs. Let's, let's, let's do it. What's the point of watching anymore, right? Sveshnikov is gone. The team got shut out twice in two games. First time in team history it's happened in two corresponding days. That's real. That happened, yeah. First of all, I think you're overlooking that they outscored their opponents the week before, 14-4. But I guess that's just something we don't care about. But that's a fluke. It's a complete fluke. That is a fluke. Getting shut on back-to-back games doesn't happen. It's a fluke. Also, I don't think the Hurricanes played terribly in either of those games. It was a fluke. I don't know if I've said it. It was a fluke yet, but it was a fluke. So going into the postseason, what, what do we want here? What do we want here? Do we want to have a good time? Do we want to enjoy ourselves and cheer for our team and have a good time? Or do we want to criticize and nitpick everything we see? Real question. No judgment here. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. If that's not what you want to do, great. I agree with you. But if that's what you want to do, just keep it to yourself, man. Like, the amount of people that go into each other's mentions just to be like, oh, this team's terrible. A little experiment for you. Next time Walt Ruff tweets anything, go into the mentions. Go into his replies. They're terrible. Toxic. Just downright awful on a man who has to post. It's his job. He has to post about the team. And every time he does it, it's, well, we should cut Kochekov. Rod Grindamore is overrated. This team is terrible. This team's never going to do anything. What is the point of being a Hurricanes fan? Guys, what is wrong with... That is that man's job. He has no choice but for that to exist. And how do you respond by vomiting up these despicable comments? And I liked... After the special cuff injury, I, I tweeted out an instant reaction that was like, this is really sad. It, you know, my heart goes out, much as how I started the show. And I had a ton of people being like, we'll see, you know, Dundon definitely should have, oh, sorry, Waddell definitely should have added someone at the deadline. Well, I can't believe this happened. We told you this was going to happen. No. 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 No, 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 no. No on several different fronts, honestly. One, you cannot and should not ever use a player's injury, a season-ending injury, as fodder to prove your old, unrelated take. It's just downright a point. Like, you are not a good person for that. And I pointed that out the next day. I deleted my initial tweet because it sickened me a little bit, which is whatever. And then I tweeted out the next day that, like, you shouldn't... Use this as an excuse to justify your trade deadline takes. And let me preface this with, if you want to say Don should have added more, you should. In fact, I agree with that. I feel like I said that I wish he would have added more scoring. That's what we've needed this entire time. That's why we lost last year. It is what it is. Am I upset with the moves he made? No. They're both fine. Could he have done more? Yeah. He also tried to do more, but that's not my point. 
if you're going to disagree, if, you, if you're going to go out and say, well, he should have done more, you go ahead and do that. All day, all night, all afternoon, for the rest of time. You do that. But to say that Tom Dundon, Don Waddell, Rod Brindmore, Eric Tolsky, whoever you want to name, was supposed to foresee this happening, was supposed to have a crystal ball and be like, oh my God, Fetch is going to tear his ACL, so we need to prepare for that, is insane. You cannot plan for this. And honestly, if you do plan for it, it's a bit irresponsible because you shouldn't either. But I got a comment on my tweet that was like, hey, you can't tell me that I can't compare the two. That's gatekeeping. No, it's not. Gatekeeping is if we were at a hockey game and you didn't understand the rule. And I was like, oh my God, I'm not a real hockey fan. Get out of here. But that's gatekeeping. Me correcting terrible, toxic behavior is me pointing out that people see this. Do you remember when a bunch of people were like, hey, we should just trade Seth Jarvis, which like was never going to happen. The team came out on multiple occasions. It was like, yeah, no, that's a non-starter. But there was still a group of people online who was like, yeah, we should trade Seth Jarvis because he isn't working out. First of all, he's 21. So stupid. Second of all, he saw that and commented on it. It was like, yeah, that, you know, that makes me sad. And I, I'll have you know that, I don't know, the wine majority, I'm not going to say like 90%, but like 80%, of the just pure garbage is seen by the people you're tweeting about. Tom, no. Don, no. Rod, probably not. If I had to guess, I'm gonna say no. I know the other two is a no though. But when you tweet at the Canes admin, this team's garbage, they are literally paid to look at your replies so they can respond to people to drive engagement. But for some reason, you feel it necessary. Or not you, but these people feel it necessary. Just absolutely hate on the team. It's all the time. All the time. And it's crazy to me. Like, you just have to stop. You can be upset. You can be mad. That is 100% your right. And honestly, it's the losing that makes things sweeter. It's the being upset that makes the win feel even better. But there's a point. There's a human element to this. If you want to walk up to a Hurricanes employee, look them dead in the eyes and say, hey, this team is awful, all caps, exclamation point, don't tweet it, okay? Or if you're going to tweet it, don't at the team where someone has to see it, please. I know I have at least one individual who used to be an admin for the team who's like, never mind, I'm good. I'm, I'm done here. I don't want any part in this constant negativity. And what is supposed to be a fun job? And I don't want to hear, well, it's a fun job. So, you know, there's the good with the bad. No, man, like you're just, excuse my language, a dick. Okay, this is now Saturday night right after the win in Philly. And this episode was supposed to originally be out this morning, but someone said something to me on Twitter after the loss in Toronto. Can't remember the name, but here. It's on the screen. I'll link it down below in the description for those listening to the audio-only version. And what they said was that Carolina's real problem right now is a trouble with their psyche. And, I don't know, just enough is enough for them. And they're, they're battling through that. The problem with that being that if that's true, there's not a lot of time to figure it out. And things haven't gotten better, gotten better at least yet. Maybe this game in Philly could be just the magic pill they needed to jumpstart their season again. It's yet to be seen. But I want to talk through this psyche 
theory because I've been thinking about it ever since they mentioned it on Twitter. And doesn't it just kind of make sense to you? This team is known for never giving up on anything. But, you know, after a while, after so many, just go and get it. Play as hard as you can. Play as hard as you can. Play as hard as you can. Eventually, it's going to mentally drain you. And this season, where they started the season, they found out they want to get patches early on, but it's cool. No one really knew him yet. Fair enough. They lose Kasha after just one game. And then they, I mean, have had injuries throughout, whether it's Teovine, Aho, or Slavin. And then they watch Pacioretty for the entire season get ready. He, you know, he's, he's spending half the season just purely getting ready to play the game again after suffering an injury that would end a lot of people's careers. And what happens? Three games in, what, five games in, actually. But he only played three of those games. He tore his Achilles again. And think of you're the player who you know this guy, you know his kids, and you've seen him put in all the hard work he has, and then his skate's going to get caught in the rut, and he's going to tear his Achilles. Nothing you can do about it, it happens. I mean, hey, two months from now, the same thing's going to happen to Svech. And how is that going to make you feel as that player in that locker room? It's going to just pitch it down. Because I'll tell you something. Playing broad style, it isn't easy. It's draining. And eventually, these guys will feel burnout in some way. That's why it's really important for them to take that time off. So why Rod gives them extra days off when they were originally scheduled to practice. So when is that going to happen? I don't know. But it definitely could be happening right now. Collectively. And not in a way that couldn't be fixed. This is the moment where if you're Rod Vrindamore with this special talent of connecting with these guys and getting them run through walls, which he has proven he's able to do before, it's time to turn that on. And hopefully you haven't been using it much this season. Because someone needs to go to these guys and say, hey, this sucks. There's nothing about the situation that's a spectacular. At all. None of it. Sucks to lose patches, it sucks to lose fetch. We might not have known as much, but Kasha is still, you know, a human being that they know. What are we going to do? Are we going to give up? Or are we going to go out and continue to grind and continue to do everything we can on every shift and every period for every game until we win 16 in the playoffs? We just have to trust that Rod can talk to them and break through and get them to understand Everything that's at stake. Because while, yeah, it's just this season, this season's another season of the window. And people argue about if the window's open or if the window is closing soon, whatever. I think it's open. I think it's going to be open for at least the next three years. I know some people say next season's done. But we don't know. I, I think we'll mostly be fine after that. But there is a chance that we won't be. And these guys need to understand that. It's this year, maybe next year. And then things get a lot different really fast. So you gotta grind it. <laughs> and let's hope Rod can do that. And Rod we trust is the way we should always feel about it. Because ultimately, that's the fun. Let me go back to past Colin now so we can finish the show. As always, thank you for watching or listening Home Ice. Please follow the show wherever you're watching or listening. Share it with a friend. 
Follow me on Twitter at Colin Homites. And until next time.